Borak Thong Earthlets. My name is Conrad, alongside my friend Fox. This is the 135th episode of Space Spinner 2000, a podcast where two Americans try to make sense of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. This episode, we're covering 2000 AD for August and September 1985, progs 431 to 434. This time, Dread fights Nosferatu. Write his name in blood! Rogue gets the antigen. Johnny Alpha takes down the slavers of Drool. And Ace takes the Crokeside trip. And we're, Fox gets aborned. Yeah, we're uh, getting to the end. Or we're about to start, I should say, the Big Fall relaunch. So this time, all storylines must end. Clearing the decks. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. If you want to read along with us, you'll find the comics we're covering today in Judge Dread the Complete Case Files 9, Slain Time Killer, Rogue Trooper Tales of New Earth 3, Strontium Dog Search Destroy Agency Files 3, and The Complete Ace Trucking 2. Yeah. Man, oh man. Exciting so, stuff. And also, like, officially, 432 is my favorite uh, prog ever made. Because Whoa. it's my birthday prog. Hey, 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 the born, born date of Fox. Oh, man. Now That's we're so dope. Now we're in AF after Fox. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what could really have come before that was that it could not be great until my arrival. It's you know true. What I mean, yeah, except for, uh, you know, birth of Conrad in 1980. Anyhow, well, uh, speaking, <laughs> but speaking of families being reunited, Fox, in this case, our <gasps> podcast family, it's uh, yeah. through one strontium dog. Oh, man, just frontier justice. Yeah, always. Script robot uh, Alan Grant and John Wagner's Alan Grant. Art robot Carlos Escara, letting robot uh, Gordon Robson as Kid Robson. Man, these guys are real bad people. Yeah, listen. We're at the palace of King Larry the Certifiable on the planet Jerboos, um, where the royal family is getting up for the day. You know, like we see the queen sitting on sitting on somebody like a table, planning the executions. It's like, oh, like 50, 60, surprise me. Um, yeah, it's like, oh, we're, you're going to have like a garden party in the afternoon. How many people should we kill for it? And I'm like, what? Whoa. And like, is, just for a party? And she doesn't know, but it's a lot. Like, that's that's the important thing. Yeah, we see uh, Princess Polyp abusing her human slave, Midge, uh, Midge Keeble, as the just king. Just whipping her. Yeah, just, just kid, smacking like, her around, like, man. What did I do? It's for, for what you're gonna do. Whoa. Um, Super great. Yeah, and the king sits just on the ca- castle wall, killing passersby with his pocket cannon, like 100% uh, Joffrey from Game of Thrones kind of action here. Yeah, uh, I, I loved, like, the little... Uh, subtitle here where it's just like you know people just kind of know to avoid this dude's palace but you know some people just don't learn and then they get shot yeah the guy like yeah he goes it's like an arcing fire but it hits this guy right through the head and they sort of mark it off and just to show that they're truly evil they do hash marks but not with a little cross line to mean five just like you know a thousand single hash marks which is like that's some stuff that a sociopath does. Um, anyhow, oh, man. you gotta do the strike through. It's weird enough. Well, because otherwise, you, yeah, because you can just count the fives instead of the any. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> <laughs> suddenly a spaceship streaks through the sky and crashes in the castle. It's Johnny Alpha and Wolf. I mean, they just uh, really just crash into the wall. <laughs> yeah, listen, like you know, spaceship flare ain't care. They uh, they get out, wow. they leave the Keeble boys behind to rest inside the ship, and then they assault the castle to free the girl, Midge Keeble. 
I mean, and uh, we get a, a well-placed uh, time bomb in a wide field. I love this wide field time bomb. It just takes out like 10 dudes and just warps them into, uh, into you know, into space a couple hours in the, in the future. Um, perfect. Yeah, in place, again, always love the time bomb when you move through time but not space. Mm-hmm. Then Johnny demands <laughs> Midge's return, but it seems Princess Polyp has taken her someplace dire. Oh man, it's time to like give this uh, horrible runt a bath in the worst kind of way possible. Yeah, the dogs fight through the <laughs> castle. They're like hitting guys with electro flares and all the top level cartridges. You know, fours and fives, or no, threes and fours, I should say. Uh, mm. They're they're stopped by the mighty guard Titus Smitus, but he's really no match for for Wolf's <laughs> mix of trickery and hitting people upside the head with hammers. Oh my god, I I love that he. He really is just no holds barred. Yeah, it's like all right, like yeah, you and me, we're big, we're big guys. We should fight. Uh, but first, we should establish the rules. Uh, rule one: ah, oh, like hammer in the gut. <laughs> <laughs> what so rule, great? Rule two: oh, you can't say anything. Okay, I'll go again. Hammer in the gut. <laughs> you know, it's pretty solid. <laughs> It's a it's a very uh, uh, well well deserved tactic. Absolutely, I mean, it just smashes a dude in the face. It's yeah. really not great. It's awesome if you ask me. I mean, come on, man. These are the jerboos. These are terrible people. <laughs> it's true. It's it's, and I think Wolf probably has some problems with slavery. Yeah, they reach the royal apartments and brace the king as the princess uh, princess Polyp drags Midge to a bathtub and starts to drown her. The dogs alive. Really horrible. It's no good. The dogs arrive, but and seem to be too late but johnny's able to do cpr and save her nice good work man yeah that's why you got to go to the y and take those classes uh the keeble family (laughs) is saved and johnny and wolf leave the royals to the tender mercies of their subjects as that slave revolt that we saw get started last episode has finally reached the capital oh that's real good and then just massive battle ensues well yeah because them just leaving them to the tender mercies of the subjects was the plan but the slaves can't get through the gates so you know they can't render those mercies luckily there's guns on the on the spaceship that uh, johnny's flying in so they're able to just blast it open and breach the walls to allow the slave to take the castle Larry the Certifiable and family try to escape in their hover Daihatsu, but it gets shot down by the slaves, and they all die with a big old key ranch. He says something as he's running away. He's going to go get his big brother. I'm like, I, so he's not the only king on the planet, I guess. Maybe, or there's just lo- other people. Like there could be other people. I, I don't know. I forget. It, it makes sense that there m- might be like king, other other kings in like nearby planets, or maybe elsewhere. Mm. Yeah, on on the planet or something like that. You mm. know, you get that get that gavel kind succession. It all starts spreading out, which is a <laughs> tactic for Crusader Kings too, which Fox never talked about <laughs> off air. Anyhow. <laughs> Conrad's favorite game of all time. Um, anyhow, so excellent. Two days later, the Keeble family is reunited, and Johnny will always be welcome here on Smiley's World, which is nice. Um, but there's still work to be done. Johnny heads off basically to the telegraph office because this is a space western, but it's a telecom, and uh, he sets his own bounty a million credits to find the headquarters of the slavers of Drool. Oh, and everybody's in on it. I mean, it's a million credits, man. You gotta go. Um, there's a really funny part where this one mutant uh, team dog with a big old brain says, Hey, look, guys, like, if we work together, we can split the money and get it done a lot faster. And like, shut up! We're all every man for himself! <laughs> I got some million dollars. I don't want to split that. Yeah, no way. Get out of your brains. Like, that, like that's his name. He's got a giant, a giant brain. 
Um, anyhow, <laughs> three weeks later, the slavers have been found. Let's go clean up the trash. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The dogs fly out to get info from Cecil Parsons. You can call him Frog Parsons if you're a mutant because he's particular about that stuff. So I'm calling him mm-hmm. Cecil. Uh, the slavers, right. yeah, they're sliding out out just ahead under a big camo net. Johnny pays Cecil. And then the assault starts. He hits the net with an electro flare, which causes it to all burn and like kill most of the slavers right away. It just looks so fucking horrible. It's like, you know, we had some battling before, but this is like a massacre as Johnny and Wolf go through shooting a kill, taking these guys all out. Uh, The leaders of the slavers make for their ship, leaving the others behind. They even burn up a bunch of their fellows in the backwash of their own ship. You know, classic, just kill your own guys to establish the evil of the uh, of the of the group. They're Um, definitely slavers. Yeah. Johnny hits the ship with a number four and a number three cartridge, and the ship crashes. I like this part because it kind of showed the difference between the two cartridges, right? I So I wanted to ask about this because I, I was going to feel a little dumb. I'm like, the fact that a number three is like a piercing beam. Yeah. And the fact that number four is just a super explosive. Like, yeah. that's kind of neat. I don't know if we've seen that specifically before, but it makes sense that they do different things, you know? Yeah. Right? They're not just like bigger and bigger explosions. Yeah. I'm like, just get the number fours then. <laughs> right. Because, yeah. Because it seems like, you, yeah. I like the idea of there being these different kinds of utility cartridges that sort of do specific things. Things, you know, oh man, it got me so excited. Especially because if it seems like if you were just dialing up the explosiveness, like that'd just be a thing, like like a, a you know a, a setting as opposed to a specific cartridge, you know, a specific yeah, exactly. bullet. But anyhow, uh, <laughs> these slavers have been completely destroyed. It's time to get back to vacation. Oh yeah, yeah. The end of Strontium Dog, but Strontium Dog will return in Prague four forty five. Yes. So still, it's not far from now. No, later this year, basically, like like about eleven progs. I'll let you know, Fox, that like Johnny's sort of like settling down a little bit in Smiley's world. Yeah, our, it seems that way. Yeah, our next Strontium Dog story will be a flashback story telling the tale of how Johnny and Wolf met. <gasps> Ooh, I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. That's cool. Does it involve time travel? You bet your ass it does. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. But speaking of uh, stories coming to a close, Fox, very oh sadly God, in this case, no. it's Thrill 2 Ace Trucking Company. What the fuck? Just... Uh, yeah. Uh. Scri- script robot Alan Grant and John Wagner is Grant Grover. Art robot Massimo Bellardinelli. Letting robot Richard Starkings. So... <laughs> <laughs> Before he dies, Ace has bet Jago Kane to a race for control of the Yellow Line Shipping Company and then nose biting. Uh, Ace has to do <laughs> two poo poopy doo runs before Jago can do, can do a single one. Oh, man. And I, they really do mean poop, don't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, doo doo. We see Ace like cutting through an asteroid belt to save time. The ghost is still taking heavy damage as we go. If there's one thing I can really complain about here is that we don't get another chance to see um, GBH's awesome spacesuit when he go- has to go outside oh, yeah. to fix the, uh, the the hold, cold hold. Because I love that thing because it's got that giant like hourglass... <laughs> Like, bubble helmet. Like, like bubble helmet to make room for his hair and stuff. And that's like... That's so fantastic. I love that thing. Um, anyhow... <laughs> Yeah. So great. So they arrive on Poo Poopy Doo, which is a giant fertilizer planet, just 100% fertilizer everywhere. Um, oh. And they just, you know, uh, uh, hose gallons and gallons of it into the hold of the of the ghost, and they head off. 
They're heading out. Good space travel montage, bringing back sort of the jokes we had last episode of them everybody getting smashed down from G forces, yeah. losing more parts of the ship as they go through the asteroid belts and stuff. Um, it's you know they uh, they head back and Feek demands to know what this pl- what clever plan Ace has because Jesus Christ, like you know, yeah, he's just destroying the ship. Yeah, like he's just going fast, but like you you always have a plan, Ace. Like you had a plan that involved us like getting tried for heresy because we went on strike. <laughs> like you don't got a plan for this. And Ace is like, nah, sorry. Like I just thought we'd do it because I'm like you know feeling weird because I'm dying. Yeah. But uh, don't worry, because I guess evil blood's just like, don't yeah. worry, dude. I got you covered, which is like, what? Awesome. Yeah, like, as he un- uh, offloads his doo-doo, we find out that uh, Jago's already on his way back from pee-pee-poo-doo, or poo-poo-pee-doo. So <laughs> there's no way that Ace can, can make it back in time. But yeah, evil blood has his plan. He's tipped off some space pirates to Jago's location, and how the yellow s- and now the yellow snork is under attack from Jackbuckers. Oh, man, and I love the cameo. <laughs> yeah, the Jackbuckers are attacking the Yellow Snorks. I, I, I also like their really awesome, uh, like, galleon spaceships <laughs> that just yes. look like, like giant uh, flying flying pirate ships, basically. Yeah. It's awesome. And they're led by an awesome Bellardinelli buccaneer who's, like, got Captain all of the... Bellardi. Yeah, got all the giant, like, uh, beer deals and stuff like that. Oh, it's real awesome. They're cutting through cool. the whole... The hull as Jago demands that his crew fight to the death, but it's a no-go, and Jago himself soon joins them in the escape pod. The pirates, meanwhile, enjoy that sweet, sweet doo-doo. Oh, yeah. God, I mean, that's what they were after. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it, it it gets a price, like it's good plunder, you know? That's fair. Like it, it, you you can't always plunder jewels, you know. Like there's just not a lot Sometimes of ships that get a plunder poop. Yeah, and then sell it on the uh, on the brown market. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> bah, bah, bah. Oh, anyhow. <laughs> well, that was uh, that, that was a uh, uh, relatively funny. Pretty good. Yeah, Evil Blood is happy to have <laughs> Evil Blood's happy to have helped and only has one small request that uh when he dies, he Ace stuffed. yeah, Ace has his corpse stuffed and given to Evil Blood so that he can like if he gets frustrated, he can just choke it to relieve him re- relieve his stress. Ace is not stoked about this, but does eventually agree. Uh, Ace picks up Kane and his crew from their escape pod, and uh, while a pirate attack is surely dirty pool in this game of uh, racing uh, truckers, it's no more covered by the rules than a mule kicking field goals is covered by the NFL rule book. So Ace is one. He's Francis the talking mule his way in. <laughs> I mean that's pretty fair. Not to mention, I mean it just seems kind of like in 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 league with all of the truckers just seem to cheat. Yeah, everyone you know. knows. Yeah, there, there's going to be some scheme. You know, we all know that. Yeah. Um, so now Ace owns Jago Kane's yellow line, and he's going to right some wrongs. Over the years, we've seen Jago has basically bought up like every other trucker's rig and added them to his yellow line. Um, and so Ace proceeds to return everybody's ships to their original owners. 312 lugs later, order has been restored and small businesses have once again been empowered inside the space lines of this weird future. Or possibly present, I'm not sure. (laughs) 
Well, because, like, man, we've seen... Because there's, like, Clegg's in Ace Trucking and stuff. Like, it could be contemporary. Oh, yeah. Like, it, this whole thing could be contemporaneous <laughs> with Judge Dredd. There's there's no way to know. I mean, unless he, unless he likes... You know, they, they stopped Mega City 1 at one point, but they haven't yet. Um, Mm-mm. So, anyhow, order's restored. Nace goes along with the second part of his plan. Biting off Jago Kane's nose. Chaw that funnel! <laughs> And I mean, he definitely did that. He definitely, there's definitely a panel where he's standing, celebrating, like holding the nose aloft as his scarf gives a V for victory. It's real good. Oh my God. And just like smashing his chest and back at the same time while he just screams yeehaw. It's like so bizarre. I'm going to bite off his nose. Uh, And with that done, his vengeance complete. Ace gives GBH and Feek the yellow cyst, the the pride of the of the of the uh, yellow line fleet, and heads off to the ghost for his final nightlight flight. He punches uh, out. Yeah, yeah. he punches pun- out. Uh, <laughs> evil blood. Did it. You yeah. do it. <laughs> Yeah, he punches out evil blood and then goes out. Uh, GBH explains the nightlight flight is into a star. We've seen them do one of these to like get uh, a slingshot effect to go faster previously, but this yeah. is just going straight in. He doesn't want to die of this weird disease he's been diagnosed with. He wants to go out on his own terms. This is music to Jago Kane's ears, now wearing a nose patch, um, because yeah. he has Joe versus the volcanoed the, the, the volcanoed Ace, which is nice. basically playing the doctor to give Ace a false terminal diagnosis. Spoilers for Joe versus Volcano. Um, it's a really great movie. I it's mean, one, you yeah, see it. It's one of my favorites for sure. Like, listen, to all my favorites. Got to work my my favorite book in later this episode. Um, <laughs> but so. Yeah, so th- it was all all a joke, and so Jay goes pretty stoked that um, Ace is going to kill himself because of it. Um, oh, man. Like, the crew tries to contact him to prevent this, but he's too busy singing his final song, you know, uh, 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 same one, you know, boiling down the main line, that one. Um, yeah. And the sun. GBH proceeds to beat the shit out of Jago. <laughs> yeah. There's also a lot of interference from the sun for the record. Things are heating up, and Ace is doomed. Jago Kane might be too, as GBH carries him off for a beating of his life that Feek and Evil Blood both want to get in on. But first, they pause to gaze at the sun. Wishing Ace well as he goes to his fiery doom. We see the melting ghost go into the into the solar fire. Ten ten, never again. Farewell, good buddy. Holy Ace Garp is dead. What the fuck, man? The end of Ace Trucking. I I like this. This went from like I mean we already weren't a children's comic, arguably. But holy fuck, man, like, that guy just, like, melted to death. Yeah, it's crazy. You want to know something else, Fox? What? Ace Trucking will return in Prague 451 next year! Fuck, what? <laughs> yeah, the next story is going to be called Doppelgarp, um, and we are not done with Ace Trucking Company or Ace Garp himself. Oh, my God. Like, I already knew this. There was a point um, when you were reading the comics, and you were like, oh, my God, what the fuck? And I was like, what? You're like, what? Like, like you were confused. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's not really dead, though. Okay. Well, I mean, but the kids don't know that when they read nah, this. Super bummer. Funny Bugs Bunny man just, like, yeah. flies into his son. I think it's cool, though. I like having these definite ends to characters and stuff. You know, I will say oh, that sure. it's generally agreed that the after after he returns ace trucking loses something and th- you know it's one of these things where it's really brave i think for comics to 
decide to end stories, you know? And so when they have really good endings like this, and then, um, like, they can... Sorry. When they decide to do this and then stick to it, I think that's really cool and brave. But mostly, they just can't... They can't resist going back to that well, as we'll see, you know? (laughs) Uh, I mean, like, I I think you and I have both talked about this before, too. It's like, we'd rather have something be short and awesome than, like, long and forever and terrible. Not saying I don't want to read Judge Dredd forever or anything, man, but, you know, some some finality is always a good thing, I feel. Yeah, and and Dredd has its own sets of of finalities and stuff. I mean, you know... Like characters die about and him. leave and stuff, um, you know, all that. Anyhow, oh man, I guess. And speaking of the lawman of the future himself, I suppose it's Thrill Three, Judge Dread. I'm a Spider-Man. <laughs> Script of us. He's so gross. I love yeah. Nosferatu is real great. Write his name in blood. <laughs> Uh, script robot John Wagner and Alan Grant is T.B. Grover. Art robot Ron Smith and Cliff Robinson. Letting robot Tom Smith. Or Tom Frame, Jesus Christ. Tom Frame. Uh, so, Frames. Fox, Mrs. Dilly, the nosy landlord extraordinaire, goes to check on her tenant, Mr. Hurd. should just know, like, if you're a nosy land person, like, gotta stop being so nosy. This is how people get killed. I gotta say, 90% of nosy, pe- of like nosy landladies and rooming houses I've ever seen in fiction have been as part of some kind of horror story where they like are nosy and walk in on somebody. You know, there's not yeah. gonna, like, even movies about someone who's down on their luck and trying to do things don't have to deal with nosy landladies. It's only when it's an alien or a monster <laughs> or an alien monster, like goddamn Nosferatu. Write his name in blood! Who <laughs> is just like drinking his own digestive fluids out of a body that he injected with his digestive fluids. Yeah, it's gross. I mean, uh, (laughs) digestive fluids plus organs and stuff, of course. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. But so, having disturbed his privacy, the spider dude, um, Nosferatu, write his name in blood, bites her neck, bites her neck, and takes her into his thrall. Yeah, someone would probably miss her, I guess, although, or just notice that she's missing because she's a nosy asshole. Plus, it seems like he's got, like, um, he doesn't just eat whenever. Like, he's got a whole process for it, you know? So, like, it's a religious thing, you know? Yeah. And so, and I, and also I could see it, yeah, being useful to have sort of a human, someone, a a human doing interference and like that. Um, Yeah, of course. Doing the spin work. Yeah. <laughs> he uh he abandons his victim once again in the wait in the waste grounds and makes an offering to the god Ragnos. Uh, but it was raining, so I guess that means bad omen. Yeah, well, because I I really like his uh, his fake god here, where it's sort of like yeah. um you know like it's fake god man. Hey, like don't yeah, okay, his religion. <laughs> but like you know, Ragnos is this many eyed demon, and that and the, his he takes the form basically of uh of the sky at night like all the stars oh. are his many eyes basically and so creepy yeah and so he sort of sees it a bad omen when it rains because it means that it's cloudy so he makes the offering but the eyes of ragnos cannot see it because the sky is covered in stuff oh poopy i mean i think that's neat um that's, like, no that's awesome like super like, super building. yeah super close to like making if i'm like my my next D&D guy might worship Ragnos. That's all I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, there are far worse choices in my yeah. opinion. Anyhow, uh, the body is found and Dredd and the other judges manage to find Nosferatu's Write his name in blood! Boots in the mud because of the rain. They head back to the sector house to do some research. Oh man, I 
I love the jump to conclusions, Matt, that gets, because we, we had talked about this a little bit yeah. after I was surprised. There's definitely I love that they're yeah. just like, it must be spiders or some guy has a spider pet that's rich. Uh, yeah, and Judge Shred's like, no, nah, I don't think so. It's probably these alien spiders from this one planet. Yeah, well, I mean, okay, so I I like this a lot more than the standard thing, which is like, oh, like drained of fluids must be the wind or whatever you get in yeah, vampire no, I, movies. I'm where, there with you. Where they start being like, oh, well, obviously, you know, just it's because it's got puncture wounds and they're sucked of blood means that it's got to be wolves or something. Like, that doesn't sound like any wolf like, attack I've ever heard, exactly. but whatever. Whereas now it's like, okay, like, you know, this guy's had all of his guts, like, liquefied and sucked out. Like, that sounds like a spider. So what kind of spiders do we know? Well, the cursed earth's full of giant mutants. So, like, that seems like Probably. a good place where you'd be there. <laughs> and also, the citizens of Mega City 1 are goddamn morons. So the idea of someone having a murderous giant spider pet seems, like, likely? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think it'd be the first time is what I'm trying to say. I mean, I just wouldn't have jumped to rich creep because, I mean, there there were two people, not rich, kept a clig in their fucking house for That's God fair. Yeah, but I think they're just saying that, like, you know, like, you have to go out into the, like, you know, a clig just sort of shows up in the aftermath of uh, of Judge Cal, you know. To get a That's giant true. murder spider, you, you gotta do some traveling. And, you know, that's sort of a specific thing that a rich guy would have. Um, you know, fair. it's like a rich... Also, second mention of Clegg's, we are awesome. Yeah, it's like Mike Tyson having a pet tiger, you know, or whatever. Oh, um, man, that's just cool as fuck. Yeah, yeah. well, so is, it, so is having a giant spider that eats people. But um, I, Is that? I don't... <laughs> um, yeah, anyhow, but, but like you said, Dredd theorizes that um, a, a native of Mega City 1 would know that if you had... A corpse with all of its juices sucked out. You just toss that thing in the garbage grinder, you know, and get and get rid of the body that way. If it can eat Citizen Snork's nose, it can surely handle, um, you know, a desiccated body as opposed to just leaving it out there, you know. Because we have actually That's have fair. Because there's very few, like, I mean, just of the crimes that we've seen in Mega City One, there's been very few, like, we someone's found a body. Like, let's, like, talk about that. Oh, Which yeah. is such a, you know, I just from watching, like, like Law & Order here, that's such a mm. common way that those shows start. Like, someone's jog, like, if you're jogging in New York City in Law & Order world, you will find a body. Like, it's just a matter <laughs> of time. Um, just don't go out of the house, really, during yeah. any sort of collective. <laughs> but, yeah, so... But we rarely get that in Mega City One. The one time we did was during that um, the mid the graveyard shift, which was specifically someone disintegrating bodies except for their left arms. You know, it's sort of a oh um, yeah a murder Falling signature, card. right? Yeah, so. It's sort of a big deal that they're finding these bodies. It's something that a normal mega citizen w wouldn't do. So Dread then goes to Google and basically puts in like <laughs> spider alien, you know. <laughs> and the the first hit is these Nosferatu. Write his name in blood. So you know, I think we got you know, there's at least something we could check out, right? Yeah, and I mean, it seems that they uh, feed by injecting digestive yeah. protozymes. It fits in. the. To yeah. bodies. Yeah, it fits the profile, so you know, you gotta check it out. <laughs> Fuck. That was a real, real roundabout way of getting there. But anyhow. <laughs> yeah, was, I, I, all I'm saying is that I think we both agree it's fantastic. Yeah. The judges kind of fan out and they start checking 
Um, every all the recent people that have visited Garlock, including which is where the Nosferatu write his name in blood, come from the planet Garlock, including the ship's crew and eventually the rooming house of Mister Hurd. Judge Mayall kicks down the door over the protest of Mrs. Dilly, and the judge is also attacked by the spider. Oh snap! He's gonna make you a thrall, dude. Run! Yeah, luckily Mayall is on the spot, so he's able to call it in before he's taken into the thrall of Nosferatu. Write his name in blood. Hell yeah, man! Good work being a judge and all that. Yeah, until the other stuff. Um. Oh god. Dread and the other judges arrive at the lodging house as Mayall falls under Nosferatu's. Write his name in blood. Sway. The judges arrive and the bad guys scheme. You see Mrs. Dilly running out, screaming like, ah, there's a monster in there. And then oh. Judge Mayall comes out shooting. Dread manages to punch him in the face pretty easily and take him out. And then so they, they burst into a room to find an unconscious Mrs. Dilly. Because that must have been Nosferatu. Oh. Write his name in blood. In Mrs. Dilly form. And he's escaped. Oh my god, he's shape-changing all over the place. It's pretty cool because Dread puts out an APB that's subject to change that I really like. Oh. Yes. But, and soon they find another victim and, this call, and the search is called off because there's just too many possibilities of who it could be. Uh, mm. Nosferatu is... Write his name in blood! Killed basically a guy who runs a newsstand um, and has taken the form from a uh, an advertising flyer of Russell Muscle, who's a strong man that sells inflatable muscles to Mega City Roofs. <laughs> Impress girls, deter muggers, and look sharp. Look at these muscle muscles. Um, so Nosferatu... Write his name in blood! Escapes on a bus line to the far side of the city and heads to the stale bagel dinette and tries to lie low, but there's some of these damn rubes that run the place. They're huge Russell Muscle fans. Oh my god. And look, hey, we all got these inflatable muscles. They're full to the brim of inflatable muscles, but now, Fox, they're also full to the brim of Nosferatu. Write his name in blood! Mind control poison! Oh my god, I'm totally just gonna run this sale bagel place and get food. Always. A few days later, they're still finding bodies drained by Nosferatu. Write his name in blood! But Dredd has a plan. He's gotten a bunch of gar hounds from Garlock. From, you know, Nosferatu's... Write his name in blood! Home planet. And now he's going to use them to hunt the monster because the Nosferatu's... Write his name in blood! ...aren't like the dominant form of life on that planet. They hide in the shadows. So the actual, like, you know, bosses have set up some abilities to hunt these crazy Nosferatu. Write his name in blood! men, which include, you know, big crazy dog monsters that can, you know, set them out. <laughs> There's nothing I love more than an alien bloodhound. <laughs> okay. We've seen a couple of them, like in Trapper mm. Hag and stuff, like we had a couple. Yeah, They're it's definitely awesome. a good trope of just like, you know, listen, we're gonna step this thing up, so we gotta get our alien bloodhounds. Well, I mean, they just, they bust through shit, man. Like, yeah, it's good. They bust through walls, they're just like, fucking, they got these crazy boar mouths. Yeah, I mean, Dread can ride on his lawmaster and have them run, so they're also super fast. Um, <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, the, the, the stale bagel diner staff is feeding a steady stream of vagrants to the death spider in the back, but Dread's on the hunt... <laughs> Um, and all and all of them, the the dogs, the bike, and Dread burst through the dinette window. 
Hey, no animals. <laughs> the hunt continues as Nosferatu is Write his name in blood! Escapes and heads onto a nearby subway, which Dredd jumps aboard and goes fist to claw with the monster. Ooh, man. Kicks him in the teeth. Yeah, good fighting stuff. Nosferatu Write his name in blood! Takes a hostage, but that's why the uh, good grud invented ricochet bullets, and the Spider-Man is taken down. <laughs> Dude, just, uh, just falls over... Everything's real bad for anybody who was poisoned. That's right, yeah. Nine citizens were killed by the aliens, and three are incurably in his hold. It's a bummer, but, you know, Dredd sort of starts to reflect for a second, but then gets the call. There's 34 d dead bodies found in a truck someplace, and Dredd's got a job to do. I, I love how it's just like, uh, you know, in terms of, like, megacity disasters, not Nosferatu was kind of a minor era. I mean, you know, like, it could have gotten bad if they'd done it, and, like, it's definitely no fun to have bodies showing up, like, in the fields, basically. But, yeah, I mean, listen, like, there's 34 carcasses in a truck, and Dredd's got to get his carcass down to deal with it, you know? Oh, it's so great. <laughs> the next story is just a little one-off that I actually really, that I like a lot. Uh, Cliff, yeah, Cliff, cute. Cliff Robinson takes over on art. And I love the rhyming scheme. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a, this is a neat story that's basically just an extended poem as the Sharks street gang take on the zits. There's some sing fighting and general fun until, of course, Dredd shows up. A rumble day stick. Yeah. A rumbling, a rumbling. We love to go a rumbling. We love to lay an ambush in the night. A rumbling, Beautiful. a rumbling. The sharks were born for rumbling. There's nothing we like better than a fight. Um, anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it's good because it's sort of like it like lays out like all the members of the gangs and stuff like that um mm -hmm. you know one's the sharks one's the zits so it's a whole thing uh dread swiftly takes them all out and as everybody runs more Just judges show up and everybody yeah judge krupke shows up in another west side story reference the gang members are arrested or die horribly one guy gets hit by a train the survivors oh. are in the cube are in the cubes and the dead go to recite because you don't buck the law. And oh my God. I'm going to try Super to get the frowny face. Yeah. And I'm going to try to, well, I mean, Cliff Robinson's dread frown is like a horseshoe almost like, you know, yeah. the corners are getting closer and closer to touching. Um, <laughs> and I really suggest, I'm going to try to put this whole comic up because I think it's really fun. Um, and I really like the text of it and stuff. And it'd be a fun, you know, if you need like a super violent or oh, a sp spoken word piece for like, you know, your eighth grade talent show that you, oh you could do worse. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, That's fucking great. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of the terrifying things kids do, Fox, it's non thrills, covers, and nerve centers. I mean, yeah. Prog 431, Jose Ortiz draws a GI stakeout where things are heating up. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> Got his GI <laughs> we were talking about this at the beginning. We, we got to use high, high tensile ropes, buddy. Um, in the nerve yeah. center, Judge Dredd's back answering questions from readers. Someone is confused about, has like missed a couple uh, hundred progs where, you know, where Anderson was freed from the Boeing. There's mm. more questions about Max Normal, his whereabouts is are currently yeah. unknown. Uh, the, there's the ranks of judges. What happens after a corrupt judge finishes their time on Titan? I believe they just kind of come back. I mean, that's what Rico did. Um, just sort of yeah, showed up at the exactly. spaceport. I mean, you look horrible, but... Yeah. 
you know, you, you, you learned your lesson in 20 years of getting all messed up in space. Mid-pro, um, there, there's also a thing about the deployment of lie detectors to question mega citizens, which is like judges can always use lie detectors, but mega citizens aren't required to answer questions. So it's a weird kind of legal framework. You know, yeah. we've talked about this. Uh, Mid-prog, there's a pinup of gross baggy baby warlock Thoth, who <laughs> will be um, terrifying us all next episode. Ooh. Yeah, it involves dinosaurs. Uh, Prague 432, what? you'll see. Um, I warned you, Dread. Judge A. Uh, Mayall is running amok on a Ron Smith cover. In the nerve center, Judge Thardak, like Murdak and Slain. Uh, <laughs> like, I spent literally five minutes just looking at, like, what is it for? What does it mean? Oh, I see. Um, I don't. I didn't get it until you explained it just now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just a weird, th- it's a weird name spelling, I guess. Um, but Thardak teases us about the, uh, of the return of both rogue, of both a robo hunter and a nemesis next episode. Mm-hmm. There's a picture of Antoid Trooper, a- Ant-Man Trooper, questions about Spike's Harvey Rotten from the Cursed Earth story and the Mega City 5000. A review of the Ballad of Halo Jones, which is positive, and a sighting oh, yeah. of a triscale in an Irish insurance company. Watch out! Yeah, man. No good. Yeah. We're also starting to see a bunch of uh, bike and driving safety ads, like telling people to keep your distance and be safe. It's sort of a, you know, a mid-80s version of the Green Cross Code, essentially. Yeah, uh, sure. These ones are really noticeable just because they have these big walls of text that's sort of explaining how hard it is to comprehend things when th- when you're too close together, which is fine. Sure. Um, I just ended up not reading it because I couldn't care. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an ad, you know. I mean, I don't read the copy of the Transformers <laughs> ads either. It's whatever. Actually, um, I should say that I the, the one that I did read is the uh, Griffin Savers account. Seems ooh. like you get a bunch of cool stuff with it. So Yeah, but you get that calculator going. Good times. <laughs> Get, get like a like a, a a fucking what is it like a ruler like a whole math. Oh set. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you know, it's the it's a version of the toaster for kids. Like, I need that toaster, so I just open a savings account. Uh, Prog four thirty three, <laughs> the sweet taste of justice. Rod Smith draws dread under attack from Nosferatu. Come here, food. Mm. Write his name in blood. In the nerve center, Tharg the Destroyer has good awesome. news and bad news. Uh, like I like Barbarian a thousand times more than Destroyer, but uh, you know yeah. it's a different. They're they're different beasts almost. Um, the mm. good news is that he's got contest winners here in the prog. The bad news is Ace Trucking is ending, and as we noticed, oh. it's pretty depressing. Uh, it's horrible. <laughs> letters nominate Krilltro Thargo. Thargos is a mom that has every issue of 2000 AD. Questions what? about a forthcoming Dread TV show? Just wait like 40 years? Maybe. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. And uh, more questions about Slain, about Slade and Nemesis's return, which is soon, and a grown-up that reads 2000 AD and hope they continue in- into the 21st century. Hey, they did. Oh, awesome. They- oh, yeah, we're in that time now. Yeah, like, listen, like, you're, like, you know, 18 years deep in the, uh, in the 21st oh, century, God, buddy. Don't. We're almost a quarter of the way in. Worst century ever, bar none. <laughs> I mean, worst one I've experienced. That's what I'm trying to oh say. Oh my god! Mid Prague, there's winners for Henshin Robos and cool robot arms. Then there's a huge movie who, poster. Who doesn't want a robo arm, by the way. I nobody. I mean, you know, I got several. Um, I wanted. I wanted to pick up raptor eggs and and turn them slightly, and then put the raptor egg back in the nest. And then when uh, Doctor Grant comes over to try and pick up one of the eggs, it'll snatch the egg away from him and put it back in the nest. 
<laughs> Damn you and your Jurassic Park <laughs> references. They do move in herds. Uh, <laughs> what the <laughs> The references to Jurassic Park. That's true. Mid Prog. Oh, that's fucking fantastic. Mid Prog. There's this huge movie poster um, thing for the next uh, Nemesis story, The Vengeance of it Thoth. Looks great. Yeah, it's got all the heads for the characters that are going to be in this one, including new look Purity Brown with her headband. Oh, man, looking fucking so metal. Yeah, she's super metal, super foxy. Um, no offense. Um, all the There's wow. all the ABC Warriors, including Deathlock and Mechquake. There's even, like, uh, Grabendonk and, uh, and uh, what's the name of that lady? Uh, Chara or whatever? Like the, the, oh, yeah. the evil, evil lady yeah. warlock? She um, wants to get it on with Nemesis super bad. Yeah, engineered the murder of his wife and possible yeah, and a son. Fuck. Yeah. Anyhow, there's also a note from Dread to be water wise and to not, you know, drown when you're doing boating stuff out there, which I okay. guess is the Blue Cross code or something. Um, <laughs> I'm all right with uh, people not drowning, I guess, or J- Judge Dread telling me not to drown. I guess Blue Cross is also insurance, America, but don't worry yeah. about it too much. Uh, prog- I, just, I don't know. Like, do you, do you really need to know not to just like stay under the water too long? Feel like your body just sort of kicks into action and says, "This is a bad idea. Remove yourself from this entity." Yeah, but like you know, kids do dumb stuff. They're like, "Hey, let's see who can be underwater uh, the longest. I'm going to cheat by filling my pockets with rocks, <laughs> so I can't go up." You know? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! You Conrad. never, you never like see. Oh, uh, I oh my god! That was dark, and I didn't get it for a moment. And then I was like, "Oh!" I swear to uh, God, that's like an after-school special about like water safety, where they're like, "Yeah, man, like uh, you know, you aren't cool unless you can be underwater for two minutes, buddy. You got to hold your breath for two minutes, and you know, some little jerk kid like falls for it, even though you can only be underwater for like one minute unless you're like a professional free diver or whatever. So he's like, oh "I god. gotta be under for two or." I'm never gonna be cool so he like fills you know fills his pocket you know ties himself to like an anchor that's like buried underwater or something and then it's like whoa we all learned a lesson today now that this kid's dead you know uh but <laughs> in reality he was uh at, he finds out that he is actually namor king of the sea and ends up having okay to you know sort of a tepid uh, lifestyle of um, sometimes performing well comic books, but mostly just kind of in obscurity. Yeah, or at least that's what uh, his brain tells him in this kind of uh, <laughs> Jacob's Ladder, like, oh. you know, minute, like yes. second before you die kind of situation hallucinations. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, Prague 3, four, uh, 434, a rumbling, a rumbling, love to go rumbling. Love to lay an ambush in the night. Uh, Cliff Robinson. Real good time. Yeah, me too. Draws uh, the start of a West Side Rumble. The Nerve Center, uh, uh, Tharg, Evil huh. Blood. Is, that one's cool. Yeah, is sad about the death of Ace and the end of Slain Strontium Dog as well. But there's big things on the horizon. Letter writers say that 2000 AD is uh, better than a comic, but Tharg's mod is saying, nah, it's just a comic. It's fine. Um, another wow. reader has gotten his friends to read 2000 AD. It seems Billy Bragg is a 2000 AD fan and thus should be prime minister, I suppose. Mm. And in the Sunday press, 2000 AD is being decried as a violent comic. Nah, Midprog. There's a nice pilot. Also, wait, you you skewered it over Judge Pluke. What the fuck? Yeah, kind of gross. Kind of real gross. It's gross, and I really don't like Pluke. 
Mid Prague, there's a pinup of the Ace Trucking Gang. It's a 2080 yeah. memorial scan, lest we skidoo. Ace's scarf is like making GBH blast evil blood. It's pretty cool. <laughs> pretty good. And, yeah, and speaking of uh, contentious teamwork groups, I guess. Or of uh, of continuing stories ending this prog. Oh, oh. Or of uh, speaking of messed up kids. It's <laughs> thrill four slain. Oh God, we just. I, I'm having such a hard time here, man. I feel like we're 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 getting out of this. Like I'm feeling I'm feeling better about um this uh, stuff. I, I should I should preface like it, the action was good. Yeah. And there was a bunch of silly things that happened. Definitely. But also, like, yeah, oh boy. <laughs> I got, like, you know, I mean, I just think, like, luckily all this cosmic balance stuff, I feel like, is not that big of a thing going forward. At least in terms of, like, okay. really, like, being, like, like it, 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 it might be in part, in, in, as part of the super plot, but not as part of sort of the day-to-day, like, back Good. and forths of the plot, as I recall. Because I just want them to do things without saying that now they can because you did that thing yeah it like it's referenced a lot yeah i don't like it but yeah it does sort of enforce sort of a neutrality on the on the characters that i don't really like very much yeah um, i feel like it's like he- hearing god damn it like heroes should be pushed to be heroic and not have to worry about their heroism also empowering evil like you know yeah. at least in their day-to-day actions so <laughs> uh script robot pat mills art robot glenn fabry brian talbot and david Pugh. uh talbot just kind of does a, I, I think he just kind of does some inking or some extra stuff in the first story mm. here um and then letting robot steve potter so elfric's back he's got a cool helmet Oh and, man, and he's getting real ridiculous. I love this guy. Yeah, <laughs> I love him so much more now. He's going to go. We learn that Ace, that sorry, that a slain has beaten him twice, and I'm not clear about the second time. I gotta I say, mean, I didn't ever remember a second time. Like he just straight up smashed him as a warped dude. Yeah, and like I mean, he escaped him with Pluke, but I don't really count that as a defeat. I guess. Um, uh, I you didn't know, no, he just ran away. Yeah, like they did fight in. Um, in the 2080 annual, in the 85 annual, which basically retells that same that same story about the big fight at a at the Battle of Klontarf with art by Massimo okay. Bellardinelli, which was confusing at the time because this whole like being a time killer stuff hadn't been introduced. So it was like, what? Why is he doing this? Why is this happening? <laughs> we were confused about it at the time. It's really weird. But it's still real cool if you want to see some good Bellardinelli like uh, battle scenes and warping awesome. stuff and things like that. Uh, always. Yeah, absolutely. But anyhow. Slain's beaten him twice one way or another, and because of the laws of the macrocosm, that means that this meeting will be Slain's end, or at least Slain can't defeat Elfric again, or something. Okay. He's also, um, you know, so Slain, he's still warped from the fight with the, uh, ro- with the uh, I forget what they're called, with that uh, living yeah. robot thing last time. Yeah, um, the, the homunculus. Orbot or something. Um, yeah. Sorry. But it's fine. Yeah, he's still warped. He goes to fight, but his sword passes right through Elfric, and he's impervious to laser blasts. Elfric takes off his cool helmet, and the urging of the ghoul of the Goldig starts blasting Slain with his third eye. Um, before Slain can fight back, though, he hears the voice of Danu, the Earth Goddess. Which first time for everything, I guess. I mean, yeah, we've seen her. You know, she's been referenced a lot for sure. But this is definitely her first time, sort of talking to him. I think. Yeah. Um, but she says to resist Elfric instead of defeat him, which is interesting. 
and they basically go for a laser lock, which is your basic, you know, kind of beam battle kind of thing. You know, the two yeah, beams coming at each other. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Um, but this case, their beams actually merge and become like a spirally beam, and now they're just Ooh. building up massive amounts of warp energy, which means that <laughs> at some point... Like they can hit warp factor ten. Yeah, I mean, listen, this is a, actually is a real Dragon Ball Z thing where like it's sending of their power levels skyrocketing out of control, and at some point one of them isn't going to be able to like withstand the power, and so they'll well, die because it does all of the cuts to everyone's faces in shock. Like this is like a good five ep- five weeks of Dragon Ball Z as they have this beam oh, yeah. fight, um, but. In this case, the beams reach a critical level of, of uh, Earth energy, and Elfric warps out. He gets all, all blown up and gross, and like just kind of like it's like um yeah like if you expand a, a balloon when it kind of comes back in, it's it gets all like a uh, like it's different, or like when a <laughs> uh, when a souffle raises and then falls, and it's like ah oh, like this souffle was really high, but now it's just a real gross mess, and I'm never going to win the Bake Off. Then some weird shit happens. But yeah, because these sort of ruined blobby remains of Elfric reform into a oh bunch of super super gross baby Elfrics with razor sharp teeth. <laughs> it's it's I just don't know. I I I mean I'm sure that like they kind of described it, but like I did not retain the knowledge as to why this happened. I just think it's really great. Like this is just so <laughs> gross fantastic. and like weird um and like just like weird like body horror stuff, you know. Yeah, and they're just yelling kill as they like yeah. bite people. Murder babies. A good murder I I'm like I don't wanna ever I'm not down for a good mur- for for like a murder baby, but I really think that that's something that's very creepy and awesome. Um Yeah. And so, then Pluke shows up. Yeah, well, I should it. say that because of this warp lock thing, Slain is re- is immune to Elfric. Like, Elfric can't, like, do anything to him now, which, okay. Which, all right. Fair enough. <laughs> That's fine. Um, But they can definitely kill other people with terrifying baby attacks. Luckily, because of this, um, it's a evil action which allows a um, Pluke to act. He kind of flies in. And uh, airlifts the rest of the crew out of the arena. Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, macrocosmic law again. Yeah. The um the uh the the good guys are getting taken away by Pluke as Slain leads a rear guard action, getting swarmed by babies. We see Mirden standing on a uh, Pluke as a human shield uh-huh. because if they shoot him. Like the death of Murden would massively empower good, and I do kind of like a Mer- like a Guldig saying like "Don't do it." Like I've made this mistake before, as we sort of wonder like what what immensely good person Guldig killed, and sort of what you know how that um wh- how that affected like the uh, the multiverse and stuff. That's sort of an interesting thread. That's a a kind of kind of. I- Honestly, it is kind of the payoff of this whole uh, cosmic balance stuff so far in this story. Um, huh. Of what? I mean, they're not going to make it the J Man. I mean, you probably. I mean, it probably. I mean, I don't know because there's so much time stuff, right? So like, <laughs> that's true. Exactly. Because like, just be like some like, future guy. Like, I would say that it's not Jesus because that hasn't happened yet. But then there's all the Hitler stuff. So like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> like, God. I would. I will say that 100. That if I know Pat Mills. <laughs> <laughs> um and I don't and I and I don't but I definitely have read a bunch of his stuff like you know I've read a ton of Pat Mills stuff 
And I, I know that if there's one dude, if there's one thing that's we, that he's not going to like sort of, you know, we're seeing a, um, a bunch of him putting some people on the side of good and some people on the side of evil. You know, he's put the Nazis on the side of evil. I don't think he's going to put Christianity on the side of good. <laughs> like That's okay. not, that's not um, how I feel. That, that's not how it goes, you know. Especially gotcha. not not like um like orchestrated Christianity, but I I could be wrong about that. I forget what happens, so we'll just you know <laughs> that's experience right. it as I'm we go. Watching, yeah. At this point, I'm just watching a meatball man talk to a melty man. But like, I I do like the seeds that it could be Jesus. Like that's yeah, definitely what 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 we're feeling the tease for here. You know. Mm-hmm. Besides, we all know Jesus was actually empowered by that uh, crystal of healing thing that the Mekon like ended up stealing in that last Andare story. Oh my god. <laughs> We're like, we're like, it's streaking across the heavens was the star that the yeah. other wise men saw and stuff. Oh God, <laughs> never. Oh, but that was also time travelers. So I, uh, so I don't know. <laughs> oh fuck, dude. time travelers like... whose ship was was uh, was burning up. Never forget these two thousand eighty deep, deep cuts, buddy. Oh my God, that's that was. Oh, long ago. <laughs> it really was. Um. Anyway, anyway, Jesus, I'm getting all, I'm sorry. I'm like. I can't believe you remember that. I'm pulling all the, I'm like real distracted to this show, I think. Oh, man. It, I think it's, it's fun. It's for me. But whatever. Uh, meanwhile, Ucko is making fun of Slane's hero harness and the team is headed to Gulag, city of the high side, of the high side. Really on the nose. I Just. love I love Gulag, buddy. Oh, man. Okay. They're headed to save Nest. And speaking of which, at the Palace of Experiments, Nest is being taken to have some research done on her when she remembers the ring that Murden gave her. Um, it's a planetary talisman of the planet Venus. It's able to turn enemies mm. into friends. She starts to use her druid training to focus on it, hoping to convert the weirdly sexy Scytheron lady to her yeah. side. And maybe attracted to her or something? Like, yeah. that's the vibe I kind of got from this. It seems like it might be working, but not quite, as Nest is chained to a wall. <laughs> I mean... That shouldn't stop someone from making friends. Fair. In Prague 433, Slade moves to the front of the Prague in what, awesome. to me, is an amazingly gorgeous cityscape of Gulag yes. drawn by David Pugh. I love it. Um, it's like this big Babylonian city sort of combined with, like, demon monsters and stuff. It's all full of, like, yeah. giant ziggurats and, like, statues of demons and things like that. Oh, it's so Royal good. dragons. And yeah. Like- Aztec kind of like uh, snake birds. Yeah, and all made sort of out of these giant blocks of stone. It's got an, a massive amount of detail. Like I can just, you know, it's it's amazing to imagine Pew just sort of drawing this whole thing just sort of for well, a weekly, com- for one page of a weekly comic, you know. He puts humanoids in them for scale and it's yeah. like, they are tiny. Yeah, it's gigantic. It's a city of dungeons as each one of these massive buildings oh holds a different cosmic con- convict serving an eternal uh, sentence. There's a Sorog, the one without pity, Neo Hogar, the Galactic Gourmet, the dreaded Gambu, the world doppelganger, and Grimnismal, the soiled prince of a thousand uh, thrones. And I love this because it really, oh, um, man, like we've seen, we've seen bits of it, but this really shifts 
slain into this sort of, um, yes. you know, H.P. Lovecraft, like Elder Gods kind of stuff. I mean, we've, we've certainly had it with like Krom Kruak and, and those guys, but mm. this really gives us a whole pantheon. I love the names of all these gods and, they, you know, they do that sort of Dude. like, you know, Lovecraft thing of having them all have like uh, descriptors and extra names that really like evoke um, like the, their evilness and sort of cosmic uh, uh uh, crapitude and stuff it's oh it's so good well it's so the two that i liked were or actually i mean i loved all three but yeah. nihogard the galactic gourmet who the cosmic egg can you say that again right? fox or you just cut out for a second nihogar the galactic gourmet who tried to suck the cosmic egg yeah like what the fuck is that or like sorog uh who is without pity Crime shamed an entire star system. That's awesome. What's a world doppelganger? Exactly, man. These are the questions that it makes you um, ask yourself and then be real cool about it. That's (laughs) awesome. But so, Nest is being held at the nearby Palace of Experiments as Uko sews up the wound and hits on the disfigured Clacta um, and then is beaten for his trouble. They have to hurry, though, because these slaws are gathering, which are shadow creatures formed by the dreams of these imprisoned gods that wander the city looking for victims. Again, all this stuff, the change... For me, like, you know, just in these last two progs, really, but the change from sort of, like, up in the air, like, cosmic balance to this yeah. sort of Lovecraftian, like, super deep, like, fighting super demons with otherworldly um, aspects is a amazing change, and I really I love it. I fucking love it. Um so yeah, uh, meanwhile, Nest has successfully used the ring to, char- to charm her captor, Oehu, and is freed from her chains. The alien lady gives Nest like the grand tour of the Palace of Experiments. We see humans chained in place with a bunch of ideals attached oh, to them God. and then to the ceiling. <laughs> It's real. It's not great. It's real terrifying, and is essentially sort of uh, factory farming fear from their auras, I guess, oh. instead of sort of the normal free range fear farming that we're living on right now. You know, God, I can wow. only can only imagine <laughs> this this episode coming out on Thanksgiving. What what fresh hell has affected us? <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> um, but as Nest tries to convince Oehu of her humanity that she's not just a pig to be harvested, the Cythron researcher Mir. Kotha, who I hate because of his name, shows up yes. and he's going to do weird stuff to Nest's aura. <laughs> weird stuff. That's right. Like just questionable and strange, I, I guess. Mean, yeah, one way or another, it's going to be weird. <laughs> I mean, she yells at him to please don't touch my aura. Exactly. So, yeah, you know, she knows what side her bread is buttered, buttered on. Uh, oh. The team is making its way through the halls of Gulag as Nest is menaced by the Scytheron researcher Bring the bio-welder. Meanwhile, the slaw falls upon our heroes. One of the gladiators gets basically melted to death and then becomes a shadow himself just permanently on the wall, which is real awesome. He Um, goes from, like, it's like a samurai guy to samurai shadow. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, their, their swords won't work on these shadows, but laser blasts work just fine, which is solid. Um... (laughs) But Let's do. then the blasts call forth the Deluvials, which are more fun to fight than shadows, but just sort of another thing they have to deal with. 
Oh, hell yeah. The enemies retreat as the party uh, rushes through the palace searching for Nest. We got a good montage of everybody calling out Nest's name in a bunch of different fonts, which is I, I, I really appreciate. Um, eventually they find her, but she's been converted into a pain receptor. No! Oh my god, not the lady that we've come to, I guess, care about a little bit. Ha, <laughs> psych! She's fine. <laughs> um... When it came down to it, Oehu uh, helped her, and it was um, the researcher guy whose name I don't want to say that got hit with the old bio <laughs> welder. They're all safe, and I love this guy because now he's just basically in this giant, uh, like, living being smoothie maker, essentially. <laughs> like, it's being blended. <laughs> it's, he, it is, it's called organic blender. Yeah. It is an organic blender. And he's just sort of, yeah, there's like, they got like some, some ice and like some ice cream in there. It's going to be real nice. Um, oh, yeah, man. I mean, sort of a, I, sort of a fun smoothie. Cythron. Yeah, Cythron smoothie. Now, you don't want to put kale in there. That just sort of makes it too much. You oh, know? I mean, like, and really, you can get fiber from so many other places. Treat yourself. Real yeah. heavy. Anyhow, whole party's reunited. Let's go. But wait. Oh, God. Murden has an awful feeling, a panic attack kind of thing, as Grimnazal, the soiled prince of a thousand thrones, is awakening in his prison. Oh, that's not good. Aren't they supposed to be on, like, permanent nap time? Yeah, he's gonna return to life and be all evil and stuff. We gotta stop him. Yeah, we gotta stop him. Slain will return in Prague 447, and then we'll all be slain. Yeah, that's when we start playing oh. D&D in this. <laughs> Dude, I'm so into it because it's called the Tomb of Grimnishal. Yeah, it's gonna be Damn, good. Fuck yeah. I, I want, think, like, this felt epic. Like, the last two are just the fun parts where they're, like, late. Like, he, he, you know, got a good roll on that fucking dragon drop. He's got, like, a fucking laser sword now, yeah. man. It shoots lasers and cuts and, things in half. And this is really um, moving into this sort of action scene. I think by the time we, we, we pick it back up, its title will change to just Tomb of Terror. But that's, like, yeah. my... what. One of, if not my very favorite slain story, one of my top 2080 thrills of all time. Ooh. So I'm, I'm real excited for it, even if I just like it because of the nerdy uh, D and D stuff. In it. I mean, <laughs> I, that's why I want to fucking read it. I'm fucking stoked. Yeah. I'm just glad we're not talking about cosmic, macrocosmic, fucking balance and plukes anymore. It yeah, just feels- I'm, I'm, gl- I'm, 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 you know. Like, the aura stuff is stuff that's sort of a little bit too high for my pay grade, but, like, <laughs> Elder Gods waking up, we gotta stab him in the face. Ooh, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> I mean, or just, like, goopy people turning into goopy babies. Like, absolutely. People. Like, yeah. I'm, into that. I'm into that, too, man. And, hey, speaking of, um, I don't know, uh, I guess more stories ending, or uh, reaching your final goal, or, like... <laughs> Freaking chem clouds, how do they work? It's Thrill 5, Rogue Trooper. <laughs> that was great. Uh, uh, speaking of, uh, I don't, oh uh, yeah, you're right. This is really hard. Ineffectual fucking whatever. Uh, ropes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of terrible ropes. Um, yes. Scripture about Jerry Finley Day, art about Jose Ortiz, lettering about Tony Jacob. Uh, Rogue has been staked to the ground as, as the North Troop ships arrive to take the natives of Horus to attack Millicom. Now, the antigen Rogue's, Rogue's been looking for can also be used to let them survive the perils of warp travel. Uh, the man bat that's been hunting Rogue this whole time wants his head. 
but the Rhino Commanders uh, like this more poetic form of execution because they're more sort of standard villains of just like, yes, let's kill him slowly and give him a chance to escape. Like, we've already set our plan to him, so now it's just time for the inevitable death trap. Yeah, man, let's barbecue. Yeah, let's walk away and not actually see it happen. (laughs) Rogue, Rogue starts to burn, but he's made of pretty tough stuff. Tougher stuff than the ropes that he's tied to the ground with are. And so... Basically, the exhaust, like, because the ship is really, it's like a student driver, like, he's going in reverse, like, really terrifyingly slow. So, (laughs) it, like, burns the ropes, and Rogue is able to escape. Um, He runs, he uh, gets Gunner, who decides to help, auto-firing until the uh, camel tar that's holding him uh, lets him go. Yeah, he punches him, like, right in the face. Yeah, gets his, gets his, he... Is Conan the Barbarian on <laughs> punching camels in the face? Uh, he quickly recovers Bagman and Rogue start taking down these horsters, but even Bagman doesn't have enough explosion to destroy all the eggs and the troops. Uh, but as the bad guys regroup, Nort, uh, Rogue finds something buried in the airstrip, and it's thousands of chem mines. This whole place was a big Millicom booby trap. Aw, oh, man. <laughs> All right. I mean, I'd scoff, but we have seen at least two other bases that are one big bomb in the course of Rogue Trooper. <laughs> That's like, really fair, actually. Like, this is, this is a tactic that we have seen before and is reasonable, at least in terms of the, the fiction that we're talking about. So, Does G.I. Joe's base have a self-destruct sequence, yes or no? Of course it does. I feel like it has four, right. just in various forms, depending <laughs> on how it happens, you know? Jesus. Like, uh, so Rogue is outnumbered by a massive force with no choice. He comes out and triggers the chem mine detonation. Oh, it kills everybody horribly except for Rogue, who is obviously immune. Nice. Oh, man, that was easy. Yeah. Rogue fi- uh, managed to recover Helm, which is a real burn on Helm. He didn't need him in the final fight. <laughs> wow. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's really true. And he takes stock, like, oh, man, all this stuff for some eggs, when suddenly that man bat he's been fighting this whole time uh, dives in attacking him. Whoa. But I guess those uh, lizard guys are going to help us out one well, last time. Yeah, I mean, there's a dramatic moment where Rogue's shooting him, and he's like, you know... Oh, it's pun- a beautiful shot, yeah, he's honestly. P- he's punching holes in the bat's wings, but because the man bat's just kind of dive-bombing at him, like, you know, the amount of fire that Gunner can put out isn't enough to sort of knock him off course, and he's just sort of flying straight at Rogue, like a bayonet or his claws mm-hmm. is going to take him out. Um, luckily, like you said, some more shots rain out. It's the Dragoids, also not affected by the chem clouds, and they sort of manage to shoot the man bat off, off course, and he's taken down too. Cool. I, yeah. I, we seem to be working out this uh, whole thing pretty good. Yeah. Rogue steals some of their eggs without telling them, uh, possibly <laughs> crippling their chance to reproduce themselves because the oh. eggs are the final remainder of their race. You'll recall all their females were killed and oh, stuff. No. Um, so they got to hope that they get a bunch of, of, a, of a ladies in this clutch of eggs and stuff like that. It's going to be kind of gross. Um, anyhow, oh, no. <laughs> he then gets on a ship and leaves the planet um, to go do his thing. Yeah, I guess fuck this place. I just wanted these eggs. I'm out of here. 100%. Um, yeah. Heads out. His buddies can finally be restored. The end of Rogue Trooper. Is uh, it? No. Rogue will return <laughs> with the final Rogue Trooper story written by Jerry Finley Day in Prague 444 in mid-November. Oh, wow. All right. Well, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, is it the story of how he has to get these eggs back home? 
Um, no, he manages to get back to Millicom without a lot of uh, with, 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 without a lot of eventfulness. Mm. Um, it is the story of how thing of how um, the war starts to end, but then things get real crazy um, afterwards. And yes, his buddies are not restored um, for the time being. So oh, whatever, you know, Rogue Trooper. Now it's like in this. Now it's in its death spiral. Good times. Oh, oh my god, <laughs> this poor poor soldier. It's true, man. It's tough. Um, yeah, you know, maybe you know. Again, like this is one of those things where like. Um, I I like this horse story on the balance. I want to say oh, sure. I like the different a- the different um, animals that he fought and stuff. Like that was all pretty cool. I mean, I love the Ninja Turtles too, right? Like I like yeah. the Bebop Steady. Yeah, exactly. Like there was Rhino Men speaking to um, whichever one for Bebop and Rocksteady. The Rhino was. Um, I like the the crab fight. Actually, I thought that was really good. Um, mm-hmm. Like when they, they were sort of on caught on all sides and the water was rising and stuff, that was all really neat. And then you know, I mean, I I do enjoy being able to make my uh, my centaur joke. That's pretty solid. <laughs> Centaurs are just in general cool. I thought it was weird when he got bit. The thing just made him really strong because reason. That was all right. Yeah, super- yeah. Like the get this- yeah the getting bitten by the lizard thing was not well <laughs> explained. I mean, I guess it could be it was like a beneficial bite. Um, because the Dragoids were actually Souther allies, but yeah, exactly. Rogue didn't seem to be having enough trouble to require some kind of bite. Like yeah. maybe if he'd like been poisoned previously or something, but it seemed like he got poisoned by the bite. I don't know. But anyhow, decent little outing. Um, I like this one at least that that it didn't really overstay its welcome. You know, we kind no. of just like we've been doing this one all year, but it did have there were sort of some some moves in between, and it was vi- still like a very like. More than a lot of rogue troopers really felt like he had his eyes on the prize and was moving toward his goal. Yeah, as opposed, kept moving. Yeah, as opposed to sort of like side quest hunting that we saw sort of at the end of the New Earth stuff in Rogue Trooper. Yeah, for like reason. Yeah, yeah just to pu- stretch it out, basically. Mm. Yeah. Anyhow, speaking of smart moves or possibly not that smart moves, Fox. Or just <laughs> stretching it out so that we didn't have to do this, but that's fine. <laughs> it's Thrill Six Future Jocks. Oh boy! Just two, mostly because I think Rogue had just two issues, and um, I think like Strong Team Battle got three or something. But uh, yeah. So first up, we got so both these are in the in a four thirty four. Speak no evil. Script about Peter Milligan. Art about Eric Bradbury. Lettering about Gordon Robson. Love uh, Eric Bradbury's. uh, uh, Oh uh, yeah. Art, you know, actually both both of the art, like the art in both these are both really great. Um, We see some really good ape. Eight yeah, minutes. yeah, good, good chimp drawing. A scientist shows off a mini village built by mice using his patented smart tank. Like, That's sure, cool. yeah, it's cool, but not really super useful to the average person. But <laughs> he's done the same thing to some chimps, and now they can do all the crappy human-sized jobs that are like boring or tedious or dangerous, and cheaper and better than robots. Good times. Awesome. Yeah, but when the chimps come out of the tank, they don't seem to be any smarter at all. They're just sort of regular chimp smart, man. Uh, let's get out of here, fellow government guy. And since we're going, I'm going to do my cool government sign-off where I just toss a banana at one of the chimps. Like, here you go, Mr. Chimp. Oh, cheers, mate. Um <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Oh, the monkeys are smart and they cut this, they were smart enough to talk and they decided to pretend to still be dumb so they wouldn't have to do a bunch of stuff. Anyhow, let's get these yeah. chimps to work. And the chimp that talks is like, sorry, I'm I'm sorry, I'm still dumb. Like I can't help it. I only got so much time in the smart tank. <laughs> this is so bizarre. 
I really like it, even if it is just sort of like a joke about condemning a, oh, a new fine. race to slavery, like whatever. But, oh my god! <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a proper future shock. It's only two. Yeah, yeah. It's only two pages, and just kind of gets it and gets the job done, which is solid. Unlike um, somebody else, I'm I'm looking at. Well, okay. Our second story is uh, Car Wars. Script robot Peter Milligan, art robot John Higgins, lettering robot Richard Starkings. So John Higgins is back in the progs for the first time in a long time. Uh, he was in the judge an- in, the, in the dread annual this year as well. I think it's been about a hundred progs since he's been doing stuff. The art's looking great. Yeah, this is a pretty long future shock, and I think the one thing that saved it is his amazing artwork in this story. Mm-hmm. Um, Basically, a guy arrives in the planet De Niro and gets a cab, and it turns out that the taxi scene on the pl- on this planet is a uh, incredibly cutthroat. We see the grizzled uh, taxi driver fight through a bunch of different rival companies, giving his fare a spare pistol to like help shoot their way to safety and stuff like that. Um, yeah, no, it's pretty good. Like in terms of the fighting and stuff, I think that's pretty cool. The battle mm-hmm. continues. We get some a- Asian stereotypes added in, which is less uh-huh. cool. The whole thing turns into just a massive battle. It's a pretty cool, like sort of half-page image of just like this whole like si- futuristic cityscape full of cars flying around shooting at each other, which is pretty neat. I think the whole trip takes three days. The meter's been running the whole time. <laughs> Uh, the passenger doesn't have enough, so now he's going to learn about De Niro's ambulance driving system. Oh my god! <laughs> See, I feel like it would be a good Judge Dredd short or like a decent short run series. You know? the, yeah, this very much feels like it could have like this could easily be a Dread story. Yeah, like, and I think that like, um, like, yeah, warring futuristic hypercabs is sort of what's is the story that is teased in the opening parts of the fifth element right <laughs> like yeah the, pretty much movie could have been about that right if they wanted to um but yeah I th- like again man this is like a six page future shot yeah. it's real long um but the I, I, i'd say again it's saved by the art but it of just course. that just sort of makes it tolerable as opposed to something that's really like amazing like that. <laughs> or that I just it stops me from completely hating it. Absolutely. And with that, Fox, oh man, we finished our coverage of Prog's four thirty one to four thirty four. Um, and with that, I have one, at, we're, we're entering fall of 1985. Ooh, spinnies Ooh. might be around the corner. Got to think about those. Got to think about those nine about uh like special 2018 spinnies too. Whoa. Um, but before then, I got to ask you, what were your top and bottom thrills for this <laughs> August and September 1985? It is it is fucking tough for both because I did not. I would not say that I disliked any of these. They were properly great. Uh, what a great, great, like, set of little month. What a mm-hmm. great little birthday package for me as I pad <laughs> out this time thinking about whether I'm going to put Strontium Dog up or fucking, like, uh, Ace Trucking or go real crazy and say it's Sling because I thought that shit was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll say this much. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait for, for Slane's next thing. You're saying that that's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm worried but that I built where- it up too much now, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. I, you know, honestly, I, I love this Strontium dog thing, but I got to give it to fucking Ace Trucking, man. Like, the way that they went out, I was just not, I was not expecting that. That was a fucking bold move. I To a point where I was just like, this is not a children's comic anymore. I mean, knowing, <laughs> knowing what I know now sort of changes that a little bit, but, like, in terms of the shock value and the cool stuff he did and how it wrapped it up, I was like, holy shit, this is a great way to, like, wrap up a particular storyline you know yeah um so yeah, i'll put 
I'm going to put that on top and for bottom. I mean, it it feels horrible, but I at this point, I don't feel too bad about him being my weapon boy. That's Rogue Trooper. I'm fine with him. It's okay. <laughs> it wasn't horrible. Like I said, I didn't hate anything in here. I think it's it's only crime is not being as cool as the other thing. Jude punched uh, a man camel. Yeah. Uh, a camel tar, as you, as you put it. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Two-thirds, two-thirds horse, two-thirds man. No, yeah, yeah. Two-thirds, uh, ho- two-thirds camel, one-half punched. It's solid, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. Like, uh, So I didn't hate any of these. They were really fantastic. I, I do just want to give a, a shout-out to Strontium Dog for just being the frontier justice I love. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wish that there was just more Strontium Dog, like, forever. Wish it was like a. I wish it was like a, a weekly comic in the same way that Dread is. Like it's just so fun to read about Johnny Alpha Man. Yeah, I He's agree. One of my favorite people. Uh, and Judge Dread was great. I, Nosferatu was gross. He was yeah. really gross. <laughs> um, but you know, Conrad, I'm done talking about this whole time because I am curious, and the world wants to know what were your top and bottom thrills. Oh man, um, yeah. Like, I agree. This is actually a really fun month. Um, you know, I like when everything ends all at once. Like, that can be – it can make it a really interesting episode. Um, I would say – I think I'm going to say Rogue for my bottom as well. Not because it's bad. I thought this – again, I thought that this was decent. Yeah. Um, but – I and, and it's sort of close to Dread. Dread was good too. I really liked the, the poem story. And mm-hmm. Nosferatu was a fun story. But, you know, it also just kind of felt like – standard kind of week to week dread basically right it wasn't up there with the rest of these guys right? yeah like oh, those crazy. guys are like 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 those two are kind of a distant from the other three um mm. i would say like um yeah the end of ace is really arresting just the image of like the of like the ghost and ace both kind of melting and the awesome power of the That's sun crazy it's a, re- it's a really like intense way to end a comp to end a story for sure and just like yeah like really like like be a shock to your readers i i bet um and also i just love I-, I love the fun of um of like the pirates showing up the fact that he actually yeah. like like bites off jago's nose and stuff that remains a top moment for me generally in 2000 ad that's a really mm. crazy thing to happen then when he's got the nose patch afterwards and stuff <laughs> like it's such a weird thing like ace doesn't it's not i don't think ace, i don't remember ace talking about biting people's noses off so it kind of comes out of nowhere and then he does it it's like whoa, oh. whoa. <laughs> um, i mean yeah we we had i mean he's got a huge nose yeah and then um the slavers of drool storyline strontium dog was really fun um i like this sort of evolution of Johnny, I guess. We're seeing mm-hmm. him sort of... This is... Like, he's sort of settling down now. I think... I feel like we're seeing a lot of these... Of these thr- of these older thrills especially sort of get into... You know, sort of switch into different situations and stuff. Yeah. And I like this being a first move of, of Johnny sort of settling on Smiley's world. You know, he's done some good deeds and made some friends and stuff. And he's like, all right, like, instead of like, you know, it, it doesn't end with him being like, fine, well, I'm hitting a dusty trail. It's more like, all right, like, I, I, I built a house here. Like, you know, it seemed like he could be here for a longer term situation, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. And, and I mean, it, like, hey, it always helps to have the best strontium dog living on your 
Yeah, and it's really cool just that he's morphed from uh, dog to quest giver. <laughs> like, you know, like yeah. he, he was putting out bounties and stuff. I thought that was really interesting as well. Mm. So all that's real cool. And also I just love how evil the the, the, the gerbos are and stuff and how they look like fat oh, yeah. dogs abusing people. You know, that's really funny <laughs> to me. Um, you know, but I'm going to say my top is going to be Slain for the Ooh, second yeah. two. For the second two issues of Slain, I, 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 I guess the whole thing, really, just like the fight I with Elfric was really yes. awesome. Yes. Um, and then like the arrival of Gulag and sort of setting up this thing this thing again you know like i feel like we've been real critical of the cosmic balance stuff um, oh yeah so we, i mean this made up for that but this really like you know shifts from that to this sort of lovecraftian elder gods kind of thing that is really intriguing to me and just has this sort of like is something that's a little easier for me to understand i guess like you know i kind of mm. like i'm not that into like auras but i'm real in to like elder gods from the time before time <laughs> like you know if i'm picking from like the crazy dude b- buffet you know i guess yeah i mean <laughs> You know, you you go you go down to like the the Eldritch Horror site, pick up some Cthulhu and some yeah. like mind horror and staring into the em- endless abyss of space. You know? Yeah, and I just want like a smattering of aura stuff to explain why the Elder Gods are doing stuff, but I don't really oh, sure. need it. I don't need it to be super fleshed out with like its own ethos and whatever. But I any mean, adding a little bit of laser swords, wizard stuff like that. I mean, you got yourself a. Nice meal going on. Yeah, like a yeah, definitely, and it definitely really marks this you know complete change of like genre really for of of slain sort of from wandering Conan like um, adventurer dragon dragon heist man yeah to <laughs> this sort of like otherworldly time traveling elder god fighting like kind of sci-fi kind of thing which i think is a really Dude. masterful thing that 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 mills has done and sort of really like yeah, given absolutely. us this change in the character that you know is abrupt but i think also really cool and man like just the um the idea that like all right like we've finished our quest but suddenly there's a demon lord awakening and we got to fight it is a real great way to sort of get to the next the next phase of this story i mean my favorite thing about slain is that he really just does not give a fuck he's like okay so traveling through time and space and what the fuck ever i am going to just kill things which is what yeah. i normally do and it's really fun to do all of this <laughs> yeah absolutely so yeah so i'm gonna say you know definitely i want to like I've had slain in my bottom a couple times. <laughs> no, you know, but also I didn't like it. I, I didn't like slain, but um, <laughs> whoa, but now, but I so I really feel like this was a big turnaround for me and sort of giving me what I'm looking for in this slain Fuck comic. Yeah. Um, Fuck yeah, and sort of setting it up for again a section that I really like. Um, yeah. So, oh man, cool. So, I hope everybody enjoyed the show. As always, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, or on our podcast site at spacespinner2000.com. Feel free to contact us at spacespinner2000 at gmail.com on the 2080 forums or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. On Twitter, we're at spacespinner2k, everything else, spacespinner2000, and we should be there. Come back next time, as it's a month of returns and it's a big fall relaunch. Uh, Nemesis, Sam Slade, and Otto Sump all return next episode. Yeah, buddy. What? Take these smart pills. Plus, there's a new future sport called (gasps) Meat. 
uh, it's a few. There's a new future sports story called Mean Team with art by Ooh. Massimo Bellardinelli, which Ooh. I'm pretty excited about. Oh man, I'm stoked! I love future sports. Yeah, it's really gonna gonna fill a really valuable, uh, like bottom thrill whipping boy role that we haven't oh. really had that much in the course of 1980 <laughs> oh, of this no. like of these golden age comics that oh, we've been no. going through. So I'm really excited about that. Oh man, it's gonna be bad. Great. Anyhow, <laughs> oh god damn it! Sorry, buddy. It's, you you'll you'll see it's true right away. <laughs> Until then, I'm Conrad He's Fox, and we are Space Spinner 2000. Splendid for three.